keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast. We got a big show this week, the roast of the macho man, Randy Savage. Then we're going to preview double or nothing, give you our high spots and low spots, check in on this week's firings with Robert, and decide which Jay Lethal is the best Jay Lethal. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, it's not regular Jay Lethal. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Everybody looks handsome. Yeah, it's it's funny, like, doing this show and not watching a lot of wrestling beforehand is actually makes me feel healthier and happier. <laughs> it does, it does. I <laughs> uh, just want to give you guys uh, uh, some info on the roast coming up. We got Batista, Sting, Rob Van Dam with Chris Kubis is going to come back. Cody Rhodes, Amy Miller is going to come back. Uh, it, it May 31st this Monday, we're going to have Double or Nothing. Um and uh, then we got on June 7th, the roast of CM Punk and CM Punk's UFC fights. June 14th, we're off. June 21st, we got Hell in a Cell. June 28th, cast the Avengers, but with WWE, Mike and Robert are going to be taking over that one. And July 5th, we got the roast of Jim Cornette and the Dairy Queen call. So we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up. I hope you guys uh, keep with us. I hope you're all safe. I hope you're all with loved ones. Um, I can't but- believe that Amy Miller is coming back for the first time. um let's talk about uh let's talk about the man of the hour macho man randy savage and uh, i think i'm gonna i'm gonna give this one to mike to start out with yeah so this is interesting because yeah i did the research for the um controversial i suppose um a and e biography macho man randy savage and um by the way anything wrestling controversial is like Macho man is not is my friend. You yeah. know, that's like <laughs> they didn't mention all of his Hasbro figures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but what's interesting is so you know the director uh, Billy Corbin. I remember him, you know, calling me because he knows me as like the wrestling fan uh, in his life, and he was like, "Sell me on Macho Man." And so basically, I was like the best seven-year arc ever in wrestling. And maybe one of the coolest people ever because he left and didn't come back. You think uh, his run is better than The Rock as far as seven years? A hundred percent. Yeah. And and the reason being is the continuity of it all. It all makes sense. It all is logical storytelling and everything. I mean, The Rock has some memorable matches and moments, but the emotional highs of the Elizabeth stuff... Um, the heel turns, the, you know, going with Sherry, leaving Sherry. I just don't think there's anything better. Like, you know, people often criticize him for meticulously planning everything, but I think that he understood pro wrestling and the intricacies of it better than These guys are also like all lazy. So they just don't want to do work, you know, like. Yeah. And he was willing to work and, you know, and he also like, 
you know, it's got to be said how small he was in comparison to other guys, but that he still, in your mind, comes off larger than life than most people. It's so funny because you don't see it until they mention it, and then you can't not see it. You know, yeah. like he's just like um, he's like a, a mini, a mini wrestler, a mini me or something. Yeah, and so, but I think just that he's the most like i mean you know he says it in this thing the, the cream of the crop but like the way that he built himself up that he was in this outlaw promotion with his dad and brother lanny and that he was able to be so desirable to vince like vince apparently vince just hired lanny because randy was like he's i'm not coming unless he is and that's how lanny got every job including in wcw because that's, that's the least surprising thing you're going to hear on this podcast folks. i know but i'm just saying that's how valuable and how much leverage macho man had he just i think like even you know like hogan was bigger in the day i think that macho man is more memorable and also you know knew when to leave uh which helps but <laughs> i think that there's just something about him that's like mysterious and cool and just great. I think he's the best professional wrestler ever to live. Robert, where well, would you put Macho when, Man? When, when, wait, oh, wait. Sorry, when you say knew when to leave, do you mean like based on information you're choosing to leave out? I mean, he went to TNA. He uh, The WCW run wasn't good. I mean, he died before he aged terribly. <laughs> So, okay, so you're saying you respect the fact that he had a heart attack yeah. and never <laughs> no, did a Saudi did. show. Like what? Now, 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 Scott, the TNA thing was like one week. You know, he was he was barely there. And when he retired, he was done. He didn't do conventions. He didn't do shoot interviews. Yeah, but he also didn't go like outside. Like he stayed. Like he was a hermit, <laughs> Mike. He. It's not. It's not like he was like, oh, I'm gonna. He he shut himself off. Yeah, but he saved his money. He remarried because he's paranoid, Mike. He needed help the whole time. It's all paranoia. It's <laughs> no, all paranoia. Scott. Scott. Even the even the meticulous mapping out is a scared man. It, it's it's a paranoid man. The mapping out of matches. The it, wow, we're already getting into it today. No, no, I love Randy Savage, but to be like he obviously call quits. Like no, he didn't know that. Like don't make up stuff about the guy. He's like. Top three greatest ever, maybe, right? You could say that. But he didn't know when to walk away. I mean, shit. At least Hulk Hogan knows it's a work, you know? Does Robert, he? Robert, where would yeah. you put Macho Man? Where would you put Macho Man on your on uh, as far as greatest wrestlers? I think Macho Man is the guy who is always the one-off from your Mount Rushmore. Whenever somebody puts together a Mount Rushmore of the, of the best wrestlers that there are, Randy Savage always feels like the asterisk of the guy who should be on there if it wasn't for Hogan, Flair, Austin, you know, Rock. Um, I think he's by far one of the most talented in-ring performers of all time. He's one of the best promos of all time. He's one of the best baby faces of all time. He's one of the best heels of all time. He checks off every single box you need, all of this despite being not being, you know, six foot four uh, and looking kind of like a crazy man for the majority of his career. Um, I, as a kid growing up, my peak fandom as a kid was right around SummerSlam 91, the match made in heaven, match made in hell. And I was, I remember seeing that uh, Savage Liz wedding and this felt genuine. It felt real. 
the Jake Roberts showing up with the snake was the most dastardly thing you could have ever seen as a fan because you loved Savage and Liz. He's and such you took a great this, heel, man. And you took this ride with them, and that was why it was so fun. I mean, one of the testaments about him was when I was working uh, on the WWE 24-7 project towards the end of my, my time at WWE, we would fight over who got to do Randy Savage stuff. If we were fixing up a Tuesday night Titans and Savage was on there, or it was a show where he was every like nobody wanted to sit through and watch a lot of this shit like not all these guys are wrestling fans but they all wanted to watch savage and, I, and my last little story on this is i was QCing a match it was savage against jake roberts and i'm i'm watching it on a, on a monitor i have headphones on i'm oblivious to the world jake goes for the ddt and hits it and all of a sudden i hear someone scream bang has their hands on my shoulders i turn around it's jake roberts <laughs> he was there filming something and he wanted to sit and watch it and it was one of the coolest and yet most terrifying moments of my life. Holy shit. It must have been. Could you imagine like just going to a wrestling part? Like it must be just so confusing to like talk to wrestlers about their wives because you have like Macho who was paranoid and then Hogan who was like, hey, you want me to tag you in, brother? You know, <laughs> like I mean, it, 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 it's amazing, too, that that you know, Savage uh, Roberts Tuesday in Texas, like you know, because he really did think about everything when his music, like his music doesn't even play. He just runs out because he wants to beat the shit out of the other guy. And it's like little things like that, that really just elevate him over anybody else for me. Savage loved wrestling enough to take a snake bite to the arm. Like yeah. that's, that's commitment to your character. Yeah. It's the only bite. way Jake could come. You know, he bought all those outfits himself. That was just, I mean, I agree with you, Scott. There was the paranoia. There was the inferiority complex. But God, the entertainment that it brought us. Oh, I, I, <laughs> listen, like in terms of having to go back and watch somebody's stuff because we're doing this podcast, like Robert said, I loved watching his shit. And like Mike said, I, I, I look at it and I go, oh, this is the best run in, in terms of there's not like drags of oh god this sucks you know there's not major errors i mean there's no sheriff austin or what chance you know like it's it's just like top-notch material it's yeah. it's awesome it's really really good and his plan i mean you obviously you guys know this but listeners might not that his his plan what he wanted to do before he kind of got pushed into commentary he wanted to feud with michaels for two years right and ended at mania or yeah, at least that's great. what Lanny says. Mike's yeah. sitting there like, you don't believe the word Lanny said. But <laughs> but what a great idea, you know, where it's like, oh, this guy was going to continue being creative. Zach, where would you put Mount Rushmore? Where would you put Macho Man on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, I mean, if I have to compare it to uh, Hulk Hogan as well, I'm a bigger fan of Macho Man, but uh, he's definitely the 1B. So yeah. He's he's like what Robert said. He's always the one that's right at the end that's left out. And I think the saddest thing would probably be, you know, of course, the whole, you know, the, the Elizabeth stuff, the Elizabeth of, of it all, you know, it, it just kind of takes away from the piece that Randy got in my mind. But I don't know. See, I think, yeah, but the, I thing think the thing saddest, about oh, sorry. Oh, well, the thing about Elizabeth is like at least he got her a job and brought her to work like everybody else was just locked at their home at their home like they didn't even get to go to an arena that's what nobody talks about he was professional enough to work with her after the divorce and it never felt really uncomfortable it felt like this is professional we're gonna make this work and i'm all for 
her getting a job when given how paranoid and crazy he seemed when they were married, I could have seen where he's like, you know, you know, not going to work for me kind of kind of deal. Um, <laughs> what's unfortunate for Savage for, for me is and I think the reason why he's not on the Mount Rushmore is him being written out of WWE as a non-entity for so long. And we talked about this before when a wrestler leaves WWE they don't exist anymore. Like Jim Ross's legacy right now is being erased in a lot of ways. They show a lot of highlight packages. They omit JR's commentary. Savage was the persona non grata when I was there. You weren't allowed to talk about Savage. You weren't allowed to put stuff up about him. Um, Why was, was that, you think? Do you think the rumors were true? So here's so here's what I was, because I asked, because I'm like, I'm an asshole. I needed to know. I talked to the people who were there. What, what I was told that happened was this was the leveraging of people going to WCW, they were starting to feel this crunch. You're dealing with the steroid issue that's going on there. And Vince held a production staff meeting, not a talent staff meeting, but on the production side. So all of the office people, all the business folks that are stay with us, we are going to make it through all this. And Savage was commentary at this time. So he's technically production. So they pulled everybody together and Vince had a team meeting and there's probably not 150 people there, the accountants, all the different random people. And Savage stood up and basically said, put this place on my back. I'm here. I'm loyal to you. I'm your guy. And then he was gone in WCW like two weeks later. And Vince felt so betrayed by that because you're trying to keep all the office people content and happy. Wrestlers get you jump company to company. But when you are putting yourself out there as I am WWF through and through, I'm not going anywhere. And if I'm here, you should be here. And then he's gone. That, from what I've been told from a couple of people that were there at the time, like that really hurt Vince. And that was a betrayal and it made him look weak. What a psycho. I mean, does anybody uh, have anything that... else to add about the macho man, Randy Savage, Mike? Oh, yeah. I, w- I was going to say, I mean, you know, where he does like creep up in memorability is the Slim Jim stuff. And it's also, you know, when Bischoff talks, like, because I do think that's another thing that really bothered Vince. You know, uh, Bischoff talks about how his contract paid for itself with the Slim Jim endorsement. And, you know, even though Savage didn't have his matches and stuff um, hyped by WWE, like that and and Spider-Man more than make up for it in terms of just... How did you like him in Spider-Man? Uh, great. Well, here's what's really funny um, is that in the original Amazing Fantasy 15, the wrestler that Spider-Man fights is named Crusher Hogan. But when Randy Savage plays him, it's Bonesaw McGraw, because I'm guessing Randy was like, I'm not going to be Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never found out why, but it's, it's I don't know funny. if he had that swing. But you it's know, just it's weird like, to think of him in like a green room, like talking to Toby Maguire and stuff. It, it's weird to think of him getting directions from Sam Raimi. You know, <laughs> like, gonna say, okay, okay, okay. I think he Army yes of darkness, Army of Freak Out. Your <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. house rules was a nuanced performance, brother. <laughs> oh, and um, I was apparently. I was, oh, oh, sorry, I was, I was quickly. I was going to say when you were talking about like the sadness of Elizabeth. I think we'd all rather be Elizabeth than Julie Hart, even knowing everything that happened. <laughs> Dude, what about oh QT's God. wife <laughs> in the pandemic crowd? <laughs> it is funny though, like watching the other because I watched a lot of those documentaries this weekend, and then you know watching the Booker T one, which is just kind of like a love affair for Booker, like you know a love letter to Booker T, and then Macho. It's like 
here's where he taped her you know um well do you guys want to roast him were you gonna say something scott yeah but i totally forget what it was but oh oh that's what it was about spider-man so that was the worst injury of his entire career um and and it it he was never the same. Apparently, like instead of turning his neck, he would have to turn his whole like, you know, his waist to see people for the rest of his life. After that, he started physical therapy after that for a long time. And it's because they were like, we'll use a stunt man. But since he's a pro wrestler, he refused to. And look at the bump. It's like it's like Osprey landing on his head. It's brutal. And apparently he had to do it a bunch. And it is a rough, rough bump. And you thought Spider-Man three ruined people's careers. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys want to roast macho man, Randy Savage. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Zach, spin the wheel, make the deal. Scott. Oh shit. Okay. Psychologists call Randy's promo style molested while watching Popeye. <laughs> he was definitely molested while he watched pop like his whole gimmick is just pop it's just popeye if the spinach was laced with molly <laughs> he sailed on a rocket ship i've never seen jesus christ superstar but it is how i always describe macho man's gimmick he looks like if noah built the ark and then started putting out orgy vibes <laughs> <laughs> Randy's personality is biker bar that plays disco. <laughs> He's like a caveman that was frozen in a margarita. He also looks like the sheriff of Margaritaville. Randy Savage is what happened if Elton John fucked the seamstress for the band. He's like Elton John and Philadelphia Freedom was about a moment Elizabeth had to herself at a rest stop in Philly. Oh, yeah, is the scariest catchphrase if you realize how often it was said after, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Macho Man wasn't racist, but he did call all his Coke dealers Tito Santana. (laughs) Randy mapped out every single move Elizabeth made. (laughs) Are those tassels or are you trying to hide Elizabeth's leash? (laughs) macho madness it's toxic masculinity randy (laughs) randy's look was hair you pull out of a drain (laughs) he is the epitome of paranoia he personifies it the government thinks randy savage is listening in on them He was one of the only men too dumb to make his paranoia about politics. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, like, like Ricky the Dragon, Jake the Snake, 24-inch pythons, all the reasons in the world to believe in lizard people. And that, that's it. That's it for me. Scott Chaplin. Scott Chaplin. Very nice. Robert. All right. <clears throat> Today we roast Randy Savage, the real heartbreak kid. Randy's father, Angelo Poffo, ran a renegade wrestling promotion out of Memphis. You know it's bad when the local pedophile-run promotion built on race baiting is too mainstream for you. (laughs) Randy's brother, Lanny Poffo, was a talented wrestler, but he never got further in the WWF because the only dick he would suck was his own. (laughs) Mm, Very good. (laughs) <laughs> on a side note, in that A&E documentary, Lanny looked like Voldemort on steroids. 
<laughs> Speaking of steroids, Savage had a body built by needles and promos fueled by cocaine. His promos were a PSA for why wrestlers should do drugs. <laughs> In fact, promoting, promoting cocaine seemed like a safer alternative than eating Slim Jims. <laughs> Randy Savage went from being married to the vivacious and classy Miss Elizabeth to shacking up with an ecstasy-fueled stripper named Gorgeous George, in case you needed another reminder that he's from Florida. <laughs> Liz wound up in a relationship with the total package Lex Luger, which makes Randy locking her in the closet for all those years seem somewhat justified. <laughs> Savage was, would meticulously lay out his performances. He used 130 moves with Ricky Steamboat and only 69 with Stephanie. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that joke. I know I'm a child, but then again, so was she. <laughs> what part do you think pissed Vince off more? That Savage fucked Stephanie or that she didn't fuck someone higher on the card? <laughs> Savage had a successful baseball career, but when he was over, he refused to talk about the sport ever again, which helped spare him from becoming Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. <laughs> Viewers of the A&E documentary learned that Savage was Jewish. Some realized it when he talked about his mom surviving the Holocaust, while others realized it during a five-minute montage of everyone calling him cheap. <laughs> it was Savage's Jewish background that kept him from, from his... Ah, ah, wow. My brain stopped working there for a second. It was Savage's Jewish background that kept his team with Hogan from being called the White Powers. <laughs> that wasn't even worth going back for no come on it was fun savage released a full-on rap album yet somehow it was hogan who was recorded using the n-word <laughs> thankfully hulk hogan made amends with savage right before randy died hogan also made amends with the warrior right before he died hopefully iron Sheik doesn't ever take a call from hulk hogan <laughs> In the end, Savage sadly died when he went into cardiac arrest and slammed into a tree. His final words were, if they ever make a documentary about me, don't let Mike Lawrence be involved. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Damn. All right. Zagarabas Bullfrog, let's get this going. Okay. Roast and Macho Memories. Macho King sounds like the name a proud boy gives himself after getting through a weekend without masturbating. <laughs> do you think randy's wife knew he was having a heart attack because she thought he was rapping feeling hot and feeling cold no matter what you won't grow old oh no he's getting quiet sleeping in the doghouse again you know in some people's opinion the madness is when a lady doesn't appreciate the seven days of hungry man you left her <laughs> All of Macho Man's promos sound like lines from couples therapy. Too hot to candle, too cold to hold. Well, then stop pushing people away, Randall. <laughs> he looks like what would happen if prison hardened Dr. John. <laughs> he was Harvard Lampoon's Man of the Year, which is both a joke and the most prestigious award a wrestler could get. I like to think the lack of respect people show Macho Man has way more to do with Lanny than it does him. Macho is the greatest of all time. Save your money, kids, and you too can leap like Lanny. You know what? Hogan's better. <laughs> Macho Man is what would happen if DMX still rapped after being declared brain dead. Holy shit. 
Macho is proof that if you memorize every move of your match, then you too can be second place to any Shawn Michaels match ever. <laughs> Cream rises to the top was actually what the coroner listed as cause of death. <laughs> He's wrestling's most successful pimp, not named Moolah. Can we roast the little bitch in the cheese hat who cried when they got married? He made that still real to me, guy damn it, look like Chuck Norris. <laughs> Macho Man is tough because on the one hand, he's the greatest of all time. But on the other, try explaining him to your wife. No, honey. Randy made a Miss Elizabeth drink from a beer bird feeder because she was too good for the wrestling business. <laughs> you still want to fuck me, right? Sarah left three weeks ago. Dan, I know, Dad. Want to hear my Batista jokes, Dad? Dad? Still want to fuck me, Dad? <laughs> and finally, he's one of the only wrestlers not to get a 10-bell salute at the time. And not just because that's what Steph's age was at the time he fucked her. <laughs> that's it for me, folks. Okay. Uh, Randy Savage died as he lived in defeat while the other person kicked out. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but Macho Man was Jewish, which makes sense because he was always occupying Elizabeth. <laughs> was he possessive of Elizabeth? Maybe. But he did learn that if you truly love someone, set them free. To anyone else but Lex Luger. Turns out it's really easy to get a one-way ticket on the Lex Express to hell. <laughs> he hit the Ultimate Warrior with five elbow drops and still lost because the only way to defeat the Ultimate Warrior is with a camera phone at a liberal arts college. <laughs> he endorsed Slim Jims, which was actually just what his dick looked like after years of steroid abuse. Macho Man had the voice of a really confident woman who's being ravaged by lung cancer. <laughs> I smoked one pack for each finger I got left. Uh -huh. <laughs> I feel like his voice wouldn't have been that gravelly if Lanny taught him how to suck his own dick. Yes, Randy, <laughs> now you can also express an emote now that your dick has been down your own throat. <laughs> Is it true that he sucked his own dick? I mean, he had to do, he has to be talented at something. Um, <laughs> uh, Lanny's still living off Macho Man 10 years after he's gone. At least when Triple H dry humped a corpse, it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man died too soon. I just wish he lived long enough to see that movie Room. He would have loved it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he was caught on tape saying the N-word and Randy Savage in a rap album. And really, I don't know who caused more harm to black people. <laughs> He really was dedicated to being an authentic rapper, which is why he died in a drive-by. <laughs> there are nasty rumors that Randy slept with Stephanie. Come on. He was with Elizabeth and Gorgeous George. Let's not ruin the man's reputation and good things. <laughs> oh my God. He was in the tens, not sixteens. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, besides, not everyone who did color commentary on Ron the mid-90s was a pedophile. <laughs> he wasn't able to have kids with Elizabeth not because of any infertility issues but because they didn't try much since it took Randy months to prepare how he'd fuck her <laughs> number 49 is the thrust number 67 is the pump if Steve can remember it so can you Liz <laughs> that's it for me oh man that was great uh, dude that was awesome. do you think he really sucked his own dick yeah, I, I, yes I believe that that is true
Jesus, what up? You're hung up on that and not this Stephanie. Do we think, does anyone here actually think it was, he he had sex with Steph? No, I, I, okay, so I'll tell you what I said about this when we were talking about it during the doc. Wrestling fans have limited imaginations where they have to want, you know, because the thing that Robert said makes a lot of sense. The money stuff makes sense. The Slim Jim stuff makes sense but that's not entertaining in the same way. And if you let a wrestling fan come up with a reason on their own, that's where they're going to go. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't know if Vince would have given a shit, you know? <laughs> like, well, what if, yeah. what if, okay, here, okay. Picture this scene, right? So Vince is like in the office and he tears it up over the slim Jim situation. We lost Randy in the slim Jims. He's crying. He's literally sobbing. Someone goes, what's wrong, Vince? I've never seen you this upset. He's embarrassed about the slim Jim thing. And he goes, Oh, 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 nothing. R- Randy just fucked Stephanie. Nothing, nothing. I'm just a little upset. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the, the thing, too, is that, you know, Vince did give that farewell on the air on Raw. I don't think that happens if you walk in on some, like, you know, like Ole Anderson called Linda the C word and Vince never talked to him again, probably because he's like, only I can do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I think that if it was that things would have been different. I don't think we would have gone the hall of fame. I think he was just, yeah, I think he was butthurt. I mean, it needs to be said how much the WWF was hurting at the time. And that Savage came off like the guy who never leave. And he left because he wanted to keep wrestling. You think Ole Anderson is the most miserable fuck in the history of wrestling? <laughs> the uh, ghost of uh, dynamite kid just arrived in my room to say <laughs> no. <laughs> And then put a gun to your wife's head. <laughs> Wait, in Dynamite's defense, though, he was like the most talented in-ring wrestler of the time by <laughs> far. And then Ric Flair's like, woo! And it's like, God damn it. Like, I'd put a gun to somebody's mouth, too. I mean, Maybe not the ladies, to, but. You got to give it to Dynamite Kid to inspire Benoit to have great matches and murder his family. <laughs> yeah. Dynamite will be proud. One thing he couldn't do. Yeah, I wonder if Benoit had like that scene with The Shining, but with Dynamite Kid. <laughs> you need to discipline him, Mike. Here's another Molson. <laughs> you guys want to go through double or nothing predictions? Um, I have to to read the ad for today's sponsor. Sure, sure, go Please for do, it, brother. Um, today uh, we are being sponsored by uh, Manscaped. Uh, support for Wrestle Roast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Sounds like something uh, Lanny Poffo wrote. Um, Manscaped <laughs> just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. It's a cool lawnmower, not the Juan Deer the Mexicals rode in on. <laughs> Join over 2 million men worldwide who just Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. Now, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. Here is my testicle monial. Uh, <laughs> I He's showing once, us uh, his balls, guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 my balls. Yeah, yeah. My Mahoney's. Uh, I once tried manscaping myself, and my balls were so ugly they could be called Mahoney's. And uh, <laughs> men's grooming is even more delicate and has to be done with 
more precision than John Cena navigating the waters of Chinese politics. <laughs> oh my God. And with the lawnmower 4.0, you can achieve that. Uh, Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. A blade so comfortable that it is probably an Abdullah the Butcher shoe right now. Uh, it's safe and effective, unlike a crash pad Jericho lands on. <laughs> Men, if your beard's anything like mine, Dan's, or any other wrestling fan you can think of, you're wondering, hey, my face looks like pubes. I could just use the same trimmer on both. But no, that's gross, and you're weird for doing that. I used this thing the other day, and me and my wife were so happy that she's even going to be okay with the $50 AEW pay-per-view on my cable bill. <laughs> it's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time. Use the promo code ROAST20 at Manscaped.com. That's ROAST20 at Manscaped.com. And thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring our show. Man, Mike Don Draper Lawrence. That was great. <laughs> Thanks, man. A lot less creepy than hearing it from Conrad. Oh, Y'all want to hear about my balls? No, we're good. <laughs> I, like, all those Blue Chew ads are just like 65-year-olds being like, she still lets me put it in. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to uh, break down this card? Yeah. Yes, I would love to. All right, um, let's start. I'm going to do this in no particular order. I'm going to start out with Cody Rhodes versus Anthony. Uh, uh, go, go. Um, oh, boys. Man, it's going to be Cody, and it's going to be hilarious because he's going to make it like it's the biggest deal ever. And I really think that, like, almost every single piece of news that's come out about this this week has specifically been geared to piss off Mike Lawrence. It's... <laughs> been fucking amazing dude like every soundbite um it, it's 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 unreal but yeah I, I i don't know i i also wanted to be cody to you know see mike go into a fit this will be the dumbest thing on the show maybe not the worst match because i don't have a ton of hope for the casino battle royal but it'll be super dumb um what do you think mike um so i'm gonna give uh not only my prediction but the botch that i think will happen in every match Okay, because this is an AEW pay per view and that's appropriate. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, I do think that Cody is going to win this. And the botch, I think, is there's going to be a lot of uh, bad audio feedback when Cody gets accompanied to the ring by Lee Greenwood singing Proud to Be an American. <laughs> also, I, I did ask Twitter for uh, what what their botch predictions were. We only got a couple because I asked like recently and they were all for this match. So I'm going to read those quick at lightning yeah. rod Rex says Cody's mask falls off and reveals. He is actually Jeff Jarrett from TNA in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say the thing I love about that tweet the most is that it specifically says Jeff Jarrett from TNA. Look <laughs> <laughs> uh, King at six, five, five, three, two, one King says Anthony will get two in the moment and punch Cody in the neck for realsies on the flip side. It will remove that dumb neck tattoo. <laughs> And uh, at movie guy, I guess, says QT for getting to pick up Cody's make AEW great again trunks from the cleaners will be the botch of the night. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's going to go over now? I think so. I think I think that there's going to be screwy. This is going to be all of your like wacky booking, which is 
crazy when there's a triple threat main event, but yeah, I think so. I think Robert, who do you got for this match? Anthony Agogo. I think what's going to wind up happening here, I think, again, Cody has over-binged on the Rocky movies, and Arn is going to be the one to take the fake punch to the stomach and bite the condom and have the blood coming out. Cody is going to be distraught. Somehow Agogo is going to beat him. So now Cody has lost his mentor. He has uh, lost the integrity of America. And I think this is going to lead to his downward spiral for his eventual redemption because he's now adopting the American dream moniker here, which you're setting him up to fail because in his mind, if I lose and then come back, the audience will love me more. And you're going to get some kind of a story of redemption you can't beat a go-go this early on. This guy has a lot of charisma. He has a lot of potential. They need to build on this for a little while. I think Cody's going to lose in some really stupid, cheesy fashion to come back like uh, Superman versus Batman Dawn of Justice, which oh was, makes about as much sense as this feud. Wait, We're aren't gonna... getting punched in the stomach and coughing up blood is pretty solid booking though, right? I think if they do that, I think that's that. Yeah, that's Burgess Meredith getting punched. You need to do that moment, and it's a it's an easy bump for Arn to take because okay, he can just you know have the blood capsule and he's laying there coughing it up, and then while they're carting him off, you know QT hits Cody with a pipe or something. But but Robert, let's be honest. If Arn gets punched in the stomach, nothing's coming out of his mouth but Waffle House gravy. Like <laughs> <laughs> Scott, who do you got for this? Dude, I had Cody into the into that awesome Arn storyline. I if it's the Arn thing, not all, I will pop and I will like it. Um, otherwise, I think Cody has to win just because of the way it's set up, uh, and the fact that again these predictions are going to rely heavy on the fact that this is the first time that there's going to be like a crowd in the front row, um, you know, in the front row that's not like Peter Avalon, you know, and so. Actual people, human beings. Yeah, so part of me is like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be some fan service shit. And it's like, dude, if it if it, I don't know if it's sold out or, or if it's going to be packed, but if it's packed like you, you just black out and all of a sudden you are proud to be an American. I tell you that much. That's what's going to happen this Memorial Day weekend. See, Scott, here's where I'm doubling down now, because in Cody's mind, he thinks him losing and being draped in the American flag. They're going to cut to people in the crowd sobbing. Yeah, like, exactly. you're going to see women and children crying over like I want raw emotion when people are just going to be chanting, you know, for Anthony Gogo over America or or uh, America wins. Like, OK, so so I watched the because the Cody promo, I got all the douche chills that everybody got. Right. It's like, how can you compare your story to like what's going on in America? Like the back and forth is weird. Right. Then I rewatched Dusty's Hard Times promo and he does the same thing. The difference is, is wrestling is supposed to be real then. So when he goes like, you know, getting beat up by Ric Flair, that's hard times. And he compares it to someone's actual hard times. It's not uncomfortable. But my girlfriend listened to it and she was like, this is uncomfortable. This man is delusional. She had the same opinions of Dusty Rhodes promo as we do of Cody's. So he's also I like think, a big fat white guy using a fake black voice. And, and, and I don't I don't <laughs> I don't want to defend Cody, but. It's like if we do like, you know, this guy is so pretending that it's his father's generation that like that's part of the flaw is that those things aren't going to work for us. But it is something Dusty did. Like I rewatched it and it's fucking there's a moment where you go, oh, Dusty, what? But it made sense then. But it don't make sense anymore. And Cody, you know, 
he's still mourning. He's got like five more years and then then he's going to turn on the old man. Trust me, it's going to be awesome. And then, and then Scott played some clips of Dusty and Sapphire and he is now recording this podcast <laughs> from his car. <laughs> Scott, who do you got? Brian Cage versus Hangman Page. Oh, Hangman Baby, right? Or, oh shit, or is it Brian Cage and then Hangman falls down even further? And, he, and we got to get more of that him fucking opening his mouth like an idiot for pictures. Well, because well, you go, when is he going to go for the title? It, it just feels like two years from now, you know. Um, but I do think Hangman's going to win. Hangman. And, and and probably this is this is where Cage realizes he shouldn't be with Team Taz. Um, what do you got? Who do you got, Robert? I think it's Hangman Adam Page. I think that Brian Cage is going to split with Team Taz and he's going to wind up with Christian and they're going to be Team Cage and it's going to be fantastic. Jesus Christ. I put that out in the universe, Tony Khan. Make it happen. Mike? Um, I, I'm going to go Page and uh, my botch predictions are this will be the one match without any and we'll wish it had it because then at least something interesting would happen. <laughs> Mike, who do you oh. have for the Casino Battle Royal? Um, me in the toilet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I It's have... got to be Christian, right? Because like well, the whole okay. thing has to be, it has to be just a way to get Christian over or feature Christian. I, I I honestly think they might go Pillman Jr. because that's how short. Oh, he just had the documentary. Let's 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 strike while the iron's hot. Um, and I do think Pillman Jr. is going to be a star. I wouldn't do it, but you never know with this company. And um, but my botch prediction is uh, the special um, uh, unannounced uh, combatant will be Drake Wirtz. Um, he comes out and helps QT win and truly starts the QT and non-faction we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Robert, who you got for this? Uh, I am going with Preston Vance. Uh, I don't think they're going to go with Christian. I think somebody's going to cost Christian the match so he can have another electrifying storyline to light up the ratings. And you mean an opening match? An opening, an opening. <laughs> match. This is going to be the headline on Dark. I think that you need somebody that Kenny Omega can destroy Preston Vance as the as the young guy out of the dark order doing this for uh, for uh, Brody Lee. And then he goes out there and loses and they may even unmask him after is just kind of an indignity. He's somebody to get you need somebody to win this that's going to get destroyed on an episode of Dynamite to build up to your next pay-per-view. So you may as well sacrifice Preston Vance. Scott, who do you got? I think you give it to, again, a fan favorite because fan service and you got to realize they're going to be going on the road in July. So this match is probably going to happen at one of their bigger shows that is a dynamite in front of a crowd. I am going with Jungle Boy just so we could get that that song playing yeah, twice, I'm, you know, baby. You know, you say that, that, boy twice. You know, you know, as you say, like it could be the thing that Jungle Boy wins and this like kind of fuels a Christian heel turn like he beats the shit out of him after the match. Well, so he eliminates Luchasaurus in mm-hmm. a botch. That's I I, th- I think Luch- Luchasaurus only botches. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he botches a lot. Yeah, it's brutal, man, because he's got everything, all of the things, now, except for timing. The, what, yeah. what do you guys think the surprise entrant will be? I don't. I'm not expecting anybody big, dude. I I I, I don't think we should. I think it's like a CM Punk. CM Punk. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's how he came back, dude? If he came back in a in a Taiwanese flag 
like just draped over him. I think he already took that down. He probably got death threats. Uh, Dude, you want people to shit? You have like uh, like Nick Gage come out with a garbage can. Yeah. Yeah. Clean house for a little bit. So it's know? just the dark side of the battle royal. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's AEW's demo. I, 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 I it's just like they had who new watch Jack dark booked, side and, and they also watch it later them. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. You know what exactly. I think is going to be the highlight of this match is if they let Caster just do like a minute rap on everybody. That could be fun. Yeah. No, the highlight and of this also match raps- is Jim Ross trying to know everybody's name because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> I, I want him to rap when he gets eliminated, too. I want a defeated holding his tummy rap as he walks away. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, Robert, uh, he's not even going to know everyone's name in the Sheeta versus Britt Baker match. <laughs> <laughs> here, here comes Riho with the... <laughs> Zach, who do you got for this? Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. <laughs> I love here, it. here comes Jenny Hanna. That's Benny <laughs> Hanna's sister. I mean, Adnan Kirk would be a great addition. No, it's probably going to be a New Japan guy, dude, because some of those guys are around, and there's that, uh, you know, that forbidden door that apparently you have to be 50 or older to go through. <laughs> well, then you think and maybe they... it's gonna... so? Hold on, forbidden door. You think like Rich Swan will show up because he's trying to get you know revenge? That could be a lot of fun, buddy. I would, yeah. I would be in favor of. Swan I would in love there. a TNA guy going, at, dude, dude. Even Callahan, I'd be like boo privately, but then I also know it's kind of cool. Like, there's, I, yeah. I, I'm not a big Callahan fan, but, uh, but I would still mark out over the idea of a TNA guy going. So even if it was Callahan, I'd be into it. All right, Scott, who you got? Pinnacle versus Inner Circle in a Stadium Stampede match. This one irritates me because uh, the, the stipulation is brutal, man. Like Inner Circle has to break up if whatever. So are they breaking up? This, the, the whole thing is weird because MJ's thing is that it's like, I don't do comedy matches. And this whole thing is a comedy match. No, dude, it's not going to be a comedy match. It's going to be brutal and violent, dude. And you're going to shit. Oh, Jesus, You're going to get Scott. spooked, dude. Jump scares. I'm telling you, it's going to get, it's going to be like physical. Like you're not going to get, I'm not going to get jump scares from a wrestling match. B- brother acting like you ain't going to be on fucking edibles watching it. And you're not going to jump scare. <laughs> No, man, I saved that for The Fiend. <laughs> no, dude. I think He's the match, spooky wrestler. I think this match will have funny moments. I think it's going to be more serious than you think, and I think there's going to be a huge injury angle at the end of it um, because they need to make up for that Jericho thing, and Jericho's going on tour with Fozzie. He's got a legitimate injury, uh, so I think they're going to explode the dude. I think they're going to literally – Exactly. They're going to go, oh, you like comedy? You like Looney Tunes? And then literally dynamite in his mouth, explode him. And they're going to use like a pig like in South Park, just explode a pig body. (laughs) (laughs) Robert, who do you got for this match? Oh, God, I hate this fucking match. Um, (laughs) I I hate uh, it's the stipulation is stupid because you just split up SCU and had that big emotional moment. So you're not going to split up the inner circle. Blood and Guts is War Games. War Games ends a feud. War Games is not what you do to set up wacky, somewhat pre-tape. We're fighting in a football stadium match. Oh, uh, dude, it's going to be so good. You guys, I'm sure it's going to be. Um, they'll have moments. The Jaguars mascot will be there. Tim Tebow hit someone with a fo- I want Tim Tebow. I loved I it last year. I really did love it last because year. The just... Last year at work because it was kind of goofy and fun. This is a blood feud uh, of sorts. The problem is. You can't really beat anybody on Pinnacle because they're gonna they're gonna you're, you can't beat Sean Spears because you're gonna have to kick him out. You can uh, beat Sean Spears. You can, but then why is he in the group? Like he already sucks as a human being. Uh, <laughs> I, think she can beat, 
I think I can beat Sean Spears. I, I think I think Inner Circle has to go over because otherwise they're they're no good set like poor Jake Hager on his own is gonna be the king of AEW dark. So for his sake and his mm. he's a nice guy for his sake alone, uh, I'm thinking it's gonna be inner circle, but it's gonna be weird. <laughs> wait, wait, but what if hopefully what if Matt there's... Hardy gets a concussion during it? <laughs> Dude, the exact Donald Trump Home Alone 2 scene, but it's Jericho asking um, <laughs> what direction to go. <laughs> Mike, who do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I think that it's going to be the inner circle, but yeah, I mean, the, the botch of the night, even though it is pre-taped, Jericho's overcompensating because the internet challenged him and called him a coward, and it ain't going to be pretty. Um, he's going to do something very stupid that he shouldn't do. So Dude, every time work. he does that somersault now, I think he's gonna break his neck. Yeah, but he's going salt. away. So, so if he goes away, inner circle is breaking up, and then what you have is Sammy go on, you know, whatever for the TNT title, and then, or I don't even know because he, he can't beat Miro. I don't know what you do with Sammy, but at least you get proud and powerful back. I feel like, and I do like the group. I love the group, and I like all those guys. But it's like you gotta focus on proud and powerful because. Yeah. I feel like they're being underutilized. So I think they would thrive without inner circle. And when they break up without an issue, you have that backing of these guys are cool, but they're on their own. We like all these guys, but they're on their own. Nobody turned heel. Nobody fucked it up for them. It's just a bunch of faces now across the roster. Which is fine. But if you're going to do that, don't break up SCU two weeks prior. Because now you're telling the same story with the same emotional beats. It was the dry run. Their dress rehearsal for this feud. I mean, but also, works, guys. <laughs> 90% of the SCU feud was a dark feud. All of their wins were on dark for the most part. And then we just got the blow off on Dynamite and we're supposed to care. Okay, uh, Mike, Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston for the AEW tag team titles. Um, I think that the, I think this will be your opener. I think this will be really fun. I think yeah, I think that, this is going to be the match of the night, personally. Um, I think that the Young Bucks will... Uh, have a great match. I think they're going to win. Um, at Black Emoji said the botch of the night will be just Eddie Kingston's gear. Um, <laughs> my botch prediction is Nick kicks Eddie in the gut. He sharts all over the place, but then gets super kick sharty chance over because that's how good Eddie Kingston is. On the <laughs> Who do you got for this, Robert? You can't take the title off the Bucks, so I'm sure they'll come up with something screwy, and uh, my boy Brandon Cutler will finally get another moment to shine here. Yeah, I think it'll be like a Triple H thing where they'll they'll beat him, but then they'll have like Kingston and Moxley just beat the shit out of him afterwards to get their heat back. Well, it's not like it's no disqualification. You can Young Bucks can get disqualified and then keep the titles. I don't think you're taking the titles off the Bucks, Scotty. Yeah, the Bucks are going to ping Kingston in some fishy way. Um, now, Mox, I mean, I thought, the, I thought the idea was Mox had to leave because he wanted to be with his wife while she was pregnant, right? He was there for a week and reconsidered. <laughs> well, yeah, because there was the mess up at, uh, you know, with the barbed wire explosion match. Uh, and he stayed, but it, it seems like... In, maybe it was the plan for him to stay all along because he's been here for a long time. Yeah. And then you go, well, are you going to write him off in this match? That would be nuts. I mean, that's, you're going to kill Jericho, I assume, and kill Moxley. Like that's, that would be a lot, but also, you know, they, they 
WWE they might not know each other's plans. They might not know each other's plans, you know? Like, <laughs> but it's also, you know, the, the reality is, like, being an AEW wrestler, if that's all he's doing, I mean, he's also wrestling Nick Gage, so then I don't know what the fuck's going on. But just with an AEW, what, that's like four nights a month because they mm-hmm. tape every two weeks? Like, yeah, I know they're going to yeah. start being on the road soon, but, like, for right now, it's like, you could you could be home pretty much all the time. That's <laughs> true. Then, no, the bu- the Bucks win this. It's going to rule. And, and I would love for it to open, but I think, I mean, AEW still does that thing, right, with uh, it's, like, lowest match first in, no, at the pay-per-views, right, at the pay-per-views? No, because they did MJF and Jericho versus the Bucks last time. Oh, they, they opened, opened with it. Yeah, that was the opener. Well, this is your oh, first wow. match. And that was for of- the tag titles? Yeah. Yeah, but this is your oh, first oh, match in front of a so, full yeah. crowd, so you want to get a huge pop. So you I need an so, egomaniac yeah. who needs that huge pop. So Cody's opening the show. <laughs> or closing. It's one or the other. Right, Both. Let's switch it up a little bit. Robert, Miro versus Lance Archer. Who do you got? Miro. Scott? <laughs> Miro. Mike? Okay, I so I looked up the matches on Wikipedia. As of right now, because we record on Thursdays, it's Miro or Dante Martin <laughs> versus <Yeah>. Lance Archer. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Miro, my botch is uh, Miro refuses to come out for the match because Jake hit on Lana backstage. <laughs> he's gotten so much better now that he's not in that stupid fucking faction. It's crazy. Yeah. What I just think it's funny that like t- Cody's like, we're not changing it from the TNT to the TBS title. Like, why wouldn't you? It's not on TNT anymore. Because in two years, it'll be the true TV title. And well, they don't want to go down that path. Well, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, if it was TNA, it's like the Destination American title, you know? The Boingo title. Boingo Hotspot title. I mean, let's be honest. In five years, it's the Discovery Plus title. We don't know how we get there. We just know <laughs> that's where we'll go. <laughs> um, I, do think, I do think this is going to be the first match where they go into the crowd and there's going to be a debate online of should these guys be going in the crowd, even though it's a full arena and there's going to be an argument about should be people be close to each other. I think this is the match where that argument happens. And Lance Archer is going to call uh, Miro a motherfucker and spit at him. And it's going to like get a little bit on somebody. That's this match. <laughs> Scott sure. Sting and Scorpio Skyvers, Darby Allen and wait, Sting and I'm fucking this up. Um, Darby Allen and Sting versus, uh, what, what, Scorpio Sky Page and Ethan Sky. Page. Yeah. Thank Ethan Page. Thank you. This is a weird one. It's like a new tag team, right? Uh, yeah. SCU, but it's also Sting's return match in a very long time. Uh, and you have Darby attached to him, and you want Darby to get a win because you always want Darby to get a win, and he just lost to Miro. But I do not know what happens here. Is there a screwy finish? Do you just make the crowd happy because, holy shit, it's Sting? And honestly, I think what you're going to get is you're going to get more people cheering for Darby than Sting, which is expected, but people are going to twist it as, wow, look, Darby is more famous than Sting, <laughs> which sounds weird because obviously he's not, but yeah. Robert? I'm, I'm excited for this one, man. I, th- I think people are going to go nuts for this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as I'm not as uh, bullish on this as Scott. My guess is, since we're taping this before the Dynamite Live Friday Spectacular that I'm kind of thrilled I just get to zip through, uh, they, they've made this all about consistently trying to injure Darby Allen, that Darby Allen is 
somewhat invincible. They threw him down steps. I think Sky and Paige are going to do something to Darby to hurt him further or his ribs are hurt or something. And he's going to lose the match despite giving it his all. And then Sting's going to have like the father son talk to him about, you know, think about your long-term career. You can't beat Sky and Paige. You just brought these guys in. They, they need a, or you just brought Paige in. You need a little bit of momentum behind them. And Darby hurt taking the pin. It works. Mike, who do you got? Um, I think that uh, it will be Sting and Darby because Sting in his first match, you know, like Scott's been saying with the fans being there, I don't think I don't think you want to see Sting lose. Um, like I think that that's a big moment that they they obviously see value in Sting and put him on everything ever. Um, they've gotten two first matches out of him which is impressive because <laughs> the first time it was like a tape one like no now we're actually gonna give you uh, a sting match um and the botches he dies that's the <laughs> you kind of want the first loss to be by somebody from like kenny right who can just beat the hell out of him and get some more heat i don't want yeah. kenny near sting no i don't want i don't want most people fighting sting i, I want sting in like another match after this mm-hmm you think you think uh, Kenny would turn him into an actual one-winged angel? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Akira Shida versus Britt Baker um, for the women's title. I mean, my 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 botch is that Shida wins. No, <laughs> I mean this is this. You know, sometimes wrestling should be predictable and should be a foregone conclusion. Shida's been fine as the champion, but this is Britt's moment. This is the one I think the fans turn if she doesn't win because uh, this feels like of any title change, of any match result, this is the foregone conclusion that should be a foregone conclusion. Britt wins. Well, here's my question, though. Um, do the fans cheer or boo it? And what I mean by that is we obviously love Britt Baker, but are AEW fans smart enough that they will continue to boo her because she's the heel? No, I think they'll cheer because I think that Cheetah just hasn't been given much. Like, I just think that the crowd is indifferent to her. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think she's been booked strong enough as a baby face consistently. She's not even on the show consistently enough. And, you know, Brett, whether it's one minute or five minutes, uh, steals every moment that she gets. And I think that she is going to be super over with this crowd. She's way too over. She's way too beloved by the internet. They all want this to happen. They see Britt Baker as the savior of the women's division because she puts on great matches and she's an entertaining sports entertainer. All I know about Sheeta is, is that she's not Io Shirai. Like that's the only thing when I see her out there, I'm like that. I, I know they have her in diamonds every once in a while. They should have, if they wanted to do what was best for the Britt Baker character, they should have had her win this title on dynamite and then have her face thunder rosa who i think is over with the crowd because that crazy match the two of them had that main event at a dynamite was really over they need to understand that the, the entire crowd is not going to play along and when you hear Britt baker cheered we saw this idiocracy at wrestlemania when the audience was being smart asses and cheered tamina and look what we've got in the last several weeks a massive tamina push so jacksonville Oof. Do not screw this up for I'm, I'm relying on Jacksonville. So I know we're screwed. 
I think this match is going to rule hard, though. I think she does yeah. great, too. I mean, yeah. she does very good. She's a talented wrestler, but very again, good ring. That's, that's the kiss of death sometimes, especially for a women's division, where you need to be able to identify who these people are as a character. Yeah, it's like she can get you from 925 to 935, but Rick Baker makes you remember it, and that's different. Scott? And um, Yeah, I, I think Britt Baker has to win. And I think it's going to be a big, memorable moment. Uh, yeah, like the more we talk about this pay-per-view, I am, you know, like it, you know, Dynamite's airing on Friday this week. Last week's show wasn't like very busy, busy. This show kind of feels put together, right? We've complained about it a lot, mm-hmm. like in, in, in that sense, I guess. But like, I think every match is going to rule. I'm excited for every outcome of every match. I'm excited for potential storylines. I'm excited for a crowd. I think this show is going to rule, and I think this is going to be like maybe top two moments. I think it's going to be nuts. You, you know what I genuinely think is going to happen is that uh, Jeremy Padawar from Jazzwares is going to come out and give her her figure when she wins the belt. I legit think that, that, <laughs> that, that is, be, that's awesome. That would be awesome. I think, well, I know that they're revealing a lot of new figures this weekend for fan fest. And I think that one, they might be, they might, they're smart, hold off, show it on Sunday after she wins. And she's like holding it and crying with the belt. <laughs> Mike's fantasy booking is so specifically Mike that it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine a world where action figures are as important as championship belts. Yeah, what Mike just said is like I'm gonna be crying and holding the Britt Baker figure. It's, yeah, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Scott, Scott, I don't watch wrestling hoping it entertains other people. <laughs> uh, let's, Man, let's I keep, hope you get that moment. Dude. Let's I'll keep on you, Scott. I'll shed a tear, uh, brother. Scott, triple threat world championship match: Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. Who do you got? Oh, I thought about this a lot. And listen, if the show runs long, we might have a problem. But if it doesn't, I think this is going to be match of the night. I think we are going to have, in a night of fun moments and really cool moments, I think this is going to have a lot of cool moments. I I think this match is going to be spectacular. We forget that the best friends... Then there's Penta and Phoenix with Pac. And then there's the Good Brothers with Kenny or the Bucks, whoever. And it's like, there's going to be a moment where, it, there, you know, there's a clusterfuck, a huge mess. I hope a ref gets knocked out. I want to see chaos. And we're going to see a moment, obviously, because it's for the title, where Orange Cassidy out-wrestles both of them. Like, he doesn't do his shtick, and he tries to win the title. And people are going to shit, dude. It's going to be so much fun. And I hope just... You know, triple threat matches, all I think of is botches, 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 botches. Triple threat matches, they always have botches. Or just one guy is outside of the ring the entire time. And I know you could do this with Cassidy, and it actually makes sense. So I I get doing it that way, because they could do it a creative way. Um, But I hope it is more the three of them fighting each other. You think this will be match of the night? I think it could be. It could be, yeah. And obviously Omega wins, and the... uh, the botch, the, the the botch will be uh, Orange Cassidy's pot. They're gonna do a bunch of. Kenny's gonna want to do a pocket spot somehow. He's gonna want to be like, I want to get my hands in your pockets. Something. Kenny is gonna want to do a pocket spot. I promise you. I think the botch is uh, Cassidy's dick is gonna fall out, 
But how many times when Scott is, talks about just, Kenny, it's, it's like he's doing PR. He's like, but, Kenny but, but, will do a pocket spot. Don't worry. Do it. I just did. I just spoke it into existence. <laughs> he's and, like, I, I talked to Kenneth Omega before this and he told me. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, they're going to do so. Uh, Cassidy's dick is going to fall out. But it's gonna it's gonna look like it's giving the thumbs it's like a thumbs up it's gonna look like a thumbs up and is then it, they're gonna it, do that cool that cool pan they do when the best friends hug it's gonna be an awesome it, moment is it also gonna have sunglasses <laughs> Robert depends if he, if he manscapes that day bro, you know? uh, there there's no way they take the title off Kenny I honestly think they're gonna go with the women's match to main event um, I think you want to I, I think that this will be fun there's a huge temptation to overbook this because everybody's got stables and factions and most periquas and doa are all going to be there scott my hope is kenny puts his hands into orange cassidy's pockets and there are thumbtacks and he pulls his hands out and they're covered oh, in thumbtacks awesome. i think that you, if you make orange cassidy the undertaker and bugs bunny at the same time i am all in on it because that is his role this is the this is AEW testing out Orange Cassidy in front of a live crowd to see if the equity they put into him has been built up. Pac is there to carry the match in a lot of ways and deliver a lot of solid wrestling. And it's the Kenny Omega show until he ultimately faces Adam Page. So I think this will be a hell of a lot of fun if they resist the urge for 30 guys running in and a lot of wacky nonsense. Unless Mike. unless Oops, Cassidy's hurt, because Cassidy might actually be kind of hurt. So if that happens, we are going to notice immediately, and we are all going to be very bummed. Um, Mike, who do you got? Um, I think that uh, I got to go Omega. He's on the the you know the tear right now, and it's good. Um, my botch is that somehow this ends in a triple threat that only Scott Chaplin defends. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I, I fucked that up uh it ends in a count out it ends in a count out that scott chaplin <laughs> defends and we're all like how can there be a a, a, a count out in a triple threat and scott's like dude you're looking at it too deep man you guys are fucking losers <laughs> and then scott and then scott puts on his hat turns it backwards and skateboards back to his home planet <laughs> Uh, Poochie Chaplin, I like Well, folks, <laughs> tune in. We're going to be reviewing Double or Nothing on Monday on Patreon. So, uh, so assuming the show patient. is done by Monday, I feel like this might be a four and a half hour pay per view. It's, it's, it's a long one. It's a long one. Oh, fuck. Let's get to Show and Hell. I made you guys listen to the Macho Man Mr. Perfect song. What did you think, Mike? Um, yeah, this was the hook is actually pretty good. This is Perfect Friend off of his be a man album that somehow was able to sell 3000 copies um <laughs> it's amazing that it sold that many um yeah this you know everyone knows the hulk hogan title track uh bashing be a man this song it's like it's maybe the best one on the album because it is him just like kind of being sincere it's like like imagine one muppet eulogizing another muppet and that's what <laughs> that's what this feels like you know like <laughs> i'm happy to be the funeral's first speaker i'm gonna tell you i love you beaker um, <laughs> yeah this was this was like better than i thought it was gonna be um but it, it is amazing like i genuinely love those epic rap battles of history on youtube and, and savage rapping just feels like someone doing an impression of, of a rapping. rapper 
but 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 also the other thing that's amazing about this is that uh this this song really feels like a precursor to that fast and furious when i see you again song the paul walker song this just came out 12 years earlier it's been a long day without you my friend my perfect friend i wonder if lenny will suck his dick again (laughs) yeah but this was yeah this was enjoyable for all the show and hells that we've had it's like it's a three and a half minute song mr perfect you are perfect it was good yeah my wife listened to it was just like this is unbelievable um (laughs) Robert, what do you think? I love the fact that at one point, Randy Savage uses the word gregarious. Uh, That was a real (laughs) highlight for me. I did not expect to hear that. I kept thinking about the the singers that sung the hook on this. They kill it, man. They they, they over-deliver, but I'm like, you got called into a gig to sing the hook on a Randy Savage rap song. (laughs) <laughs> like this is this is the pinnacle of your career, and one of the highlights of the A of the A and E biography was the footage of Fifty Cent promoting the album on Fuse, which is a very <laughs> early two thousand sentence to say. But uh, this was wrestlers get weirdly sentimental about each other when when they love one another. I think I told this before. Michael P. S. Hayes used to have a picture frame on his desk. That's like something you have for uh, pictures of your grandmother, but it was all of Terry Gordy. And it was like heaven has an angel with like a Cupid on clouds. And then it's just a bunch of pictures of Terry Gordy's fat face. Like they love each other in such a weird way. And he feels like this was high art. Bro, Fuse pays my, paid my bills for a while, bros. Dude, I, I, I want to I just say that uh, we will be doing Freebird Road at some point because it is the pinnacle of oh, it's just too wrestling good. tributes yeah, of PSAs and Gordy. Uh, Robert, I looked up who did the uh, hook on this song. It was a, is a group named Primary Colors, spelled P-R-Y-M-A-R-Y-C-O-L-O-R-Z. <laughs> Just so you know that uh, they formed in the 90s, probably. (laughs) Zach, get them on the horn. We need a new theme song for the show. (laughs) Oh, man, I bet Macho was like, uh, it must have been so funny to be in the session with Macho. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's real good. Yeah, harmonize. Yeah. Here's your autistic host. Yeah, it's your wrestle roast. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's pretty great. Scott, what did you think of this? Yeah, I thought it was sweet. It, it's, I mean, it's not nearly as bad as the other songs because it's personal, and it's, it's, it's a type of personal where you go like, well, when a man's sad, he might write a poem, you know, like that could happen. <laughs> yeah. And the man wrote a poem when he was sad, and that's all it felt like. It didn't feel like rap as much as the other ones felt like rap. It just felt like uh, a moment at a at a funeral where you go, oh Christ. If you're his kid, you must be like just holding in the laughter. Like if you're Curtis Axe, <laughs> oh, man, man, it's gotta be. Well, I, I also I heard. I heard Macho Man would drive around listening to his album and like get gas, <laughs> get gas, blasting his album and like, you know, the yeah, idea of like. <laughs> do you think? Yeah. Do you think that this song was playing? And then, like, as he's dying, he goes. You got a rib on me, Kurt. <laughs> I will say this. Anyone who he drove by, none of them went, hey, who's singing that song? Like they knew he was listening to him. No one was oh, like, what Macho's playing his album again. 
<laughs> All right, let's get the high spot, low spot. I'm going to start out. Uh, my high spot this week, uh, I thought the Macho Man documentary was really good, but I, and I also loved Collision in Korea. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Yeah. Scorpio Sky is an absolute lunatic. Too cold. Um, Scorpio is a lunatic. Too cold. Scorpio. I'm sorry. I keep <laughs> fucking it up. I keep fucking it up. To be fair, I think, I think you know, all Scorpios look alike. Their name. Their names are Scorpios. You it's tremendous, to to man. Scorpio it maybe is one of my my favorite dark sides yet. Uh, you really should check it out. Uh, and as far as my uh, low spot this week, that Mikey Ripwreck Whipwreck article I sent to Mike and Scott. Did you guys get a chance to read that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad, man. It just felt like it was like written by me <laughs> you know i don't know it was just like the most depressing like my wife I, I don't work no good no more it's it's really it's just such a bummer um mike what was your high spot low spot this week um my my high spot um again uh i have my name in the credits of snl so that's the high hey, there spot you of go life uh I, I, co- I co-wrote the pete davidson weekend update pieces so marked out for that um and the low spot would be i did kind of miss wrestling uh on wednesdays like i'm gonna watch tomorrow you know on friday but like i'm not as excited like when you will do something every week you kind of miss it so it felt weird like it was wednesday at five and there was no kylan king uh in the front row with her dog walker energy um and i was sad (laughs) Well, I got to jump in. Robert, what do you got for high spot, low oh, spot? shit. Okay. Well, wait, wait. I oh, would like sorry, to do yeah. mine next because it correlates yes, yes, with please, Mike's. Dude, please. My high spot was that there was no wrestling on Wednesday. There was there was this release, this this freedom that I felt. <laughs> it was it was really beautiful. And uh, and the weather went with it. So uh, I, I, I do realize now that uh, wrestling is going to ruin my Memorial Day weekend. But man, that Wednesday was nice. So that's my high spot. And uh, <laughs> low spot is 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 this Will Ospreay stuff. Uh, have you heard the rumors now? So I know last week it was the neck thing with Will Ospreay. And that's why he had to va- vacate the IWGP heavyweight title. Um, now they're saying it's that, but also that he just wanted to go home. He was very frustrated with the company. Uh, there's a rumor that him and B have broken up. And that she is in NXT UK and that he might want to go to NXT UK. There's like tons of rumors and I hate throwing rumors out there, but like, dude, they're everywhere. I mean, at least, you know, if you if you type in hashtag Will Ospreay every day, you'll see them. No, um, it's just it's I mean, it's it's a thing that the Internet's talking about and it bummed me out. I don't even know if just the rumors bummed me out, just the idea of like if this isn't true. How shitty to just say about a person. Now the dog's barking. That's going to be a high spot for me. The dog making an appearance again. Absolute interference. Hey, and yeah, uh, yeah, Collision in Korea is one of the best ones they've done. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, all right. So the first one that I had that you guys talked about was Collision in Korea, which I thought was awesome. I actually messaged a uh, friend of the show, Evan, and said, it, you know it's a great documentary when there's a scene where Benoit convinces someone not to commit murder. So you know that it's a compelling show. Uh, my second high spot uh, was seeing Mike's name on the credits for Saturday Night Live. I'm a huge SNL mark, and that was really, really awesome. Uh, my third high spot comes from Monday Night Raw. No, I'm serious. From Monday Night Raw, there is a match, if you have not seen it, between Matt Riddle and Xavier Woods 
where I don't know why they were so motivated, but they over delivered to such a degree that you're going to watch this and you're going to be like, holy shit, they should get behind Xavier Woods and give him legitimate TV time and a, and a serious push. It was a really fun match. Everybody on Raw, we talked about this on Something to Sports Entertainment with, uh, but everybody on Raw over-delivered with really shitty creative and just really great matches. My low spots uh, are, one is not getting sent the Mikey Whipwreck article. That that hurt, no. but I, the, and I, I think I'll live. Um, my low spot was when we were talking about preparing for this show, we originally were going to recap NXT this week, and the response from everybody was NXT is a non-entity nobody really cares about it anymore, which is really unfortunate because NXT was kind of building some momentum. And it's not just here. I don't see anything about NXT discussed anywhere on the internet. They had that carrying cross Finn Balor match. And it was like, it, I may, it may well have been impact. And that's really unfortunate because I feel like NXT was really building some momentum. And this move to Tuesday has made them really non-essential viewing. Yeah, man, they, they have spot, low spot. NXT I'm has sorry, NXT has great wrestling, and that's why I hate like anytime we we talk about NXT in, in a negative way. I understand why people get pissed off because it is some of the best matches. Period. They yeah. do have some of the best wrestlers. Period. So it's annoying when you go, no, these are the best wrestlers. Well, maybe they are, but th- there's a lot of great wrestling. I mean, I can like everywhere every weekend like there's random shitholes that are having great wrestling matches and we just i need something more to to give a shit yeah you got a high spot low spot for this week uh high spot was uh the riddle woods match and low spot was scott being so sad about will oscar (laughs) Yeah, dude. No, I'm sad about uh, here's what I'm sad about. If the rumors aren't true, how stupid is that? Like the idea that people would make this up about him because he didn't confirm it. Like that's how much of a fan I am. I'm just like, why would people say a thing? If it was anybody I disliked, I'd be like, it's true. He's a he's a moron. But I just go up. He's like an awesome wrestler. He's a little douchey. He really is like indie. You know, he's what, 28 years old and he's British. That's like part of it's the accent, you know? That might be the douche factor. No, that's true. I can't believe we fucked Stephanie. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, guys, I, you... I, I wanted to say I agree with Scott on the NXT thing. I mean, yeah, it is perfectly acceptable wrestling, but when we had to watch it for this show, it felt like something we had to do. You know, like we, I always watch Dynamite first, and then I'm like, I guess I'll watch NXT now. And now that I don't have to, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah yeah it, 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 you just you need the break you know yeah well no i don't watch yeah. raw either but like that's i mean that's like extra non i mean like raw is a foreign thing to me yeah. well i mean it's you're not missing a lot i mean it's 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 pretty hard so this week was was better than normal the last couple weeks i guess uh, i don't know yeah, it yeah, seems I mean, like it's Scott, for people from another planet. I don't even get it. It's like for robot people. It's crazy to me. I can't watch it. Does not compute. Me and Scott could, me and Scott could use that extra Patreon money, but we're like, I'd rather not want to kill myself. Yeah. No, I'd rather <laughs> jump off a bridge because of the lack of money than make money. To to, to, to me, watching Raw feels like... Guys, it's not like it's a huge gravy train from this something that sports entertainment with, by the way. It's like we get $50 more than you guys. Raw feels like Kids Bop. It's like Kids Bop, right? 
the kids it's, bomb it's, no it's no Stop. scott what it is is it's still subscribing to a newspaper like that's what yeah. raw feels like it's like it's a habit you have to do it but it's because i'm old and i've done it for so long it's non-essential viewing otherwise because if you listen to our recap in 20 minutes or less you've heard everything you need to hear about raw and if something really worthwhile happened you'll find a clip of it somewhere can we can we start calling him xavier dagwoods then <laughs> Let's, uh, let's check in with Grimmix. I kind of cheated this week. This wasn't really Grimmix because both of these were really good, but uh, I wanted to debate Jay Lethal as Randy Savage or Jay Lethal as Ric Flair. For me, it's Jay Lethal as Flair by 100 just because it's a way harder impression to do. Um, and, uh, you know, he I mean, he's just fantastic at it. Uh, it's it's a it's a really entertaining. I mean, if you haven't seen the TNA promo, it's 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 really phenomenal. And uh you know, he's kind of better at it than he is his own gimmick. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, Black Machismo is really fun. Um, but yeah, Macho Man impressions are easier. It's also, you can't ignore the novelty of having the guy there. It is a thing that they often do on SNL or sketch shows when the impersonator does the impression in front of the person. It's always going to pop. It's always going to be fun. Mm. And it's flair and flair sells it so well. I mean, it, it's one of those YouTube clips that I watch at least a couple times a year. Cause it just makes me smile. It's just the funniest, goofiest, dumbest thing that they like have a woo off. And um, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I mean, yeah, cause black machismo, I think he actually did as a gimmick. I also, I did a roast once with him and he did black machismo the entire time. Was it good? And, it was, you know, it was good, but it was hard to do roast jokes as that as a character. Right. You know, um, I mean, it was it was good, but I think like I honestly think if he had even done Flair, it would have even been better. It's just yeah, Flair is just such a when you hear that voice like <laughs> and it's kind of great when you see Flair get into it like two thirds in when he realizes how good this kid is. Yeah, yeah, and you realize how much of a narcissist he is. And he's like, <laughs> oh, he's doing me. Um, and uh, it's so fun. Robert? I'm going with uh, Lethal as Black Machismo. I liked the flair bit. Some of it kind of veered a little too into Bill Cosby for my liking um, at certain points. Well, that's also just Ric Flair. That's just Ric Flair. <laughs> but what was confusing about that clip is, because it's TNA and they are the worst, uh, Lethal was like was the heel in this situation and the crowd was loving the impression but then they were supposed to hate Jay Lethal which means they have no understanding like TNA has no understanding of how wrestling works at least with Black Machismo it turned into a gimmick that got Lethal some TV time for a while and he was able to wrestle and people would give a shit about him other than having to just watch Jay Lethal wrestle which people don't necessarily seem to care about so as far as a successful gimmick giving him something that I would look forward to seeing a uh, black machismo segment on on tna i was not looking forward to seeing aj lethal segment zach uh personal preference makes me say jay lethal as macho man it's my it was mm. when i watched tna versus when i watched tna from 05 to 06 that was one of my favorite things to watch so personal preference all right and scotty i i, I love both of them but I saw Jay Lethal as Black Machismo live, right? He did All In as Black Machismo. Yeah. And, so. um, and there's such, like, 
an homage factor to it that when you see it live, it does do that thing that it doesn't necessarily do on TV where like you, you, you are seeing a guy like act out a thing to you that you also love and you get to see it done well in a wrestling atmosphere. And it's like, it feels very cool. And so I have to go with that for that reason. We got to go back to some shit next week. Um, <laughs> let's check, let's check in with Robert creative is nothing for you. Robert, you want to talk about the firings this week? Yeah. So this was kind of a crazy week for the WWE in terms of firings. And there's two different buckets that, that I'm going to look at here. The first is obviously what happened with commentary. So you fire Adnan. Uh, Ver- we couldn't get Adnan on the show. We tried. I, I, I actually spoke with Adnan. Uh, unfortunately he's got other contractual commitments. He's not, he's not diving into our podcast right now. He's back with MLB network and NHL network and DAZN. And he has Robert is all of a sudden like a huge Adnan Kirk fan because he wrote so, back to him. And also that was kind of the thing that cracked me <laughs> up though, because he was so dry and so boring and so terrible on commentary. And now he's funny on Twitter. I'm like, where the fuck was this guy the whole time? Uh, but it was but kind also of like, Robert, our, our podcast does not count as a future endeavor. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is, this is when he's just sitting there. You, it's hard to hear him with the shotgun in his mouth while he's doing the show. But what was unfortunate with him was they put a guy out there and set him up to fail because if you are an actual sportscaster, you have no idea how to do pro wrestling and it is its own weird animal. And even if you know how to do pro wrestling, you don't know how to do Vince McMahon's pro wrestling because I was there when Joey Styles was put on commentary and I hold Joey Styles in very high esteem. Excellent commentator. Incredible commentator. commentator, Kind of a terrible human being over the last several years, but a fantastic commentator. Why is he a terrible human being? He had a whole thing with, like, he got fired from Jakara. He's got crazy, you know, right. He's he's Drake Wirtz's favorite commentator. Um, Mm -hmm. But what was unfortunate was Adnan has legitimate talent and skill. They just put him out there to fail. And I think that's the first really disappointing thing. Uh, and, and even when I talked to him, he's like, look, I know I was terrible. I'm like, you weren't terrible. You just were not produced to make TV for an audience of one. Uh, Bully Ray made a point saying Vince McMahon should just do commentary because that's all he wants is to hear his own voice. I feel bad for, I hate Tom Phillips, but I feel bad for Tom Phillips getting fired because he was a company man for the last nine years. He was bland. He was milk toast. He had no personality. He could hit his marks. He could hear Vince in his ear and do whatever time cues they needed. And your reward is you get pulled off TV and you're gone. This Jimmy Dude, if Smith- they brought Vince back on commentary, how fucking great would that be? How oh, crazy would that be? I, I would be so happy to have Vince on commentary. Um, this Jimmy Smith guy that's going to be there, I haven't heard much with him. His tweet that he put out there that Scott was nice enough to share with us of a guy who was basically like, yeah, I got hired for this job. I don't know shit about shit with this nonsense I'm going to do. I really like Mr. Perfect and Bruiser Brody, which is just like, it's such a lousy thing for somebody to say where it's like, I have, I, and then I made a joke about it and I'm not going to say who, but several people both within the WWE and outside of the WWE all were like, yeah, fuck this guy uh, based on this. Um, And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good indicator. I'm not going to say, I mean, Randy Orton did. He liked it because he's like, fuck this guy, but everybody else I'm going to remain there and keep their, in their uh, identity. But it's clear that you're putting somebody in there because they don't like wrestling and then you're going to expect them to be good at this job and i think that's what's unfortunate when there are talented commentators who love the sport who'd be great with it the other piece i want to talk about is they let a lot of production people go behind the scenes and some of them have been there for 15 20 years they work non-stop in this job 
And we used to have a joke when, whenever we were talking production because you're, you're, it was, it was uh, Mr. Burns with the softball team telling, telling Don Mattingly to shave his sideburns. Vince McMahon would be like, I don't like this, and here's why. But what he was saying makes no sense. Like, go back and fix it. Well, I don't think you know what television is. No, just go back and fix it. And you're non-union, which means you do literally everything. So even if you're writing the show, you're, you have to sit there and, and edit your segments, produce your segments, pick the music for your segments, plug it in, do everything soup to nuts. You work ridiculous hours. There's no credits. You're non, so you're non-union, so there's not even TV credits at the end of the show. Uh, these production people kill themselves. You work all year. Some of your busiest times are Christmas and holidays because Vince believes in 52 weeks a year, which is easy when you're a billionaire. It's not easy when you're a PA making, you know, $28,000 a year living in Connecticut. And a lot of these people got fired because they want to hack everything to the bone. And I just want to say to those production people, you have learned skills that will pay off for you in the end because no other production company in the world operates the way the WWE does. And you are a Swiss army knife in terms of what it takes to do television production and you will be an asset wherever you land unfortunately uh the years of therapy that they'll have to go through to get another production job will not be worth it um let's check in with tales from the indies scotty chaps oh all right boys well this week is one of those tales where you actually might know the name of the person I'm talking about. He's a country this, bumpkin. Uh, I was so happy when you told me who we, what we were doing, what we were reviewing this week. Yeah, he's no no name. No, 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 no. He is Enzo Amore. Uh, Enzo, he dropped the E. Just like WWE got the F out, he dr- got the E out when they fired <laughs> him. He, doesn't he make it look like it, it was his decision? That's my favorite thing about him. <laughs> The confidence just, of him. Can I just quickly um, ask, uh, Robert, you're our legal expert. Can you, if you change the spelling, but it still sounds the same, that's legally fine. It depends in terms of filing for intellectual property protection. Yes, you can, you can drop a, a, a letter and do that. Like the, the classic example, this is the weekend. The, the, the rapper dropped one of the letters because there was already a band called the weekend. So it was, well, it's spelled slightly different, so we're, we're covered. Also, WWE is selective in terms of who they go after and when they go after them for IP violations. So I think that they just don't want to deal with Enzo. Yeah, I don't think they're going to want the press of a high-stakes legal battle with Enzo Amore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is um, Uncle Vinny showing up. <laughs> dude. I, I, well, he, so anyway, this is what happened to Enzo. <laughs> so, that was very so, funny, uh, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Enzo, uh, where, where was he? He was at a uh, he was at an indie show in, in Texas. Uh, in Texas. Yeah, I wanted to get the name of SWE Fury. Uh, it was an SWE Fury event in Texas. Uh, he got a DDT on the floor from this guy, Ivan Warsaw. And, uh, I mean, you guys remember how uh, how Enzo would take moves? Like, he would barely take them, and then when he would take them, he would just die because he would just take them. <laughs> yeah, well, poorly. he got rushed to the hospital <laughs> after taking this DDT. Now, here's where it gets confusing. Um, there are pictures of him being taken away, um, on what are those ambulance thing, you know, a gurney, a gurney, right? He is being taken away on a gurney. I did not see any photos of an ambulance. He posted a photo saying, you know, thank you for the well wishes. He posted a video of him with a neck brace on, right? And he says, yes, I was attacked, blah, 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 right? Like I was DDT'd. I ended up in the hospital. He's acting hurt. 
But then all the hashtags are hashtag make K. How do you say kayfabe again? I know I said it wrong on one of the. You said it right, kayfabe. Kayfabe. Hashtag kayfabe. Make kayfabe good again. Hashtag make whatever. He's posting pictures of Andy Kaufman and the neck brace. He's bragging about the fact that he's faking an injury, which is not how you fake an injury. Like, that's not how you work us, is by telling us that you're doing such a great job at working us. He did. He got knocked out for sure, right? I don't I mean, know. I don't He had know. to I have think, gotten knocked out, well, See, man. he's working us. I don't know. But why would you? It's like hashtag marks. Oh, my God. It's like he's specifically attacking us, I think. I think. Because Enzo's new gimmick just be wigs. I feel like his new gimmick should just be different wigs. Yeah, he's got he just wig. shows up in different outfits. Also, I feel like it's a waste of our time to argue whether or not Enzo Amore has brain damage. <laughs> Look, you could you could really stretch that argument out to the whole podcast, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So anyway, he seems healthy. Uh, maybe he was rushed to the hospital, but he seems okay now, but he's acting like he's hurt, but he's acting like he's hurt in a way that's so fake that you don't think he's hurt. It just, it, it all makes you go, uh, reverse time, please give me <laughs> my minutes back. <laughs> we should also talk about John Cena and the Taiwan thing this week. I mean, that was okay, just yeah, yeah, yeah. phenomenal. I like, mean, that, that is actual indie in terms of a country's independence. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should just drop the audio now and cut to Dan apologizing. I, I did not, I do not believe Taiwan is a country. <laughs> They're dead apologizing in Mandarin. Ooh. <laughs> no, there would be an apology for the apology. That's actually our, our Patreon this week is after the show, Dan talking to Zach about, should we cut this segment? Should we not cut this segment? Should we leave the Taiwan stuff in? I'm so glad you guys, have, you, you guys have old St. Germain to kick around. <laughs> Just like China does to Taiwan. <laughs> this was yeah, This was amazing, man, because it's like, you're asking like uh, a fucking a jock to understand the intricacies of like communist politics. <laughs> like he's just trying to sell a movie, you know. Like you could imagine like what he's being told. Like he's, you have to explain to him what he did wrong, which was yeah, that he acknowledged that Taiwan is a country because it is, and then <laughs> he gets in trouble for that with china because they're like no it's not and then apologizes in mandarin like but the thing that it's just so weird because john cena is so good at being at pr um in wwe but that doesn't mean that you're good at pr around you know that doesn't mean you're lockstep good at pr everywhere you know that means just you're good at pr at wwe it's a very specific world well it's also i mean being good at pr is also knowing what not to talk about and it's like this this argument just feels like a lose lose, you know. In in terms of like, if you're selling a movie to China, <laughs> but then looking like a fucking moron to everybody else. Yeah, but China's the only market Hawaii you to sell movies country. into now. So yeah, you know that Bloomberg article this week basically was like, yeah, Americans are very happy just staying at home, whereas China just keeps building movie theaters. So he need, he cares more about the Chinese market than he does anywhere else. Uh, and thanks to Mike's comments, we just lost our Huawei sponsorship. So thanks. <laughs> well, he also like he does speak. Ma- I don't know if he fluently speaks Mandarin, but he can say things in Mandarin. He can uh, pander. 
yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him before do this. Like this isn't anyone listening going, oh my God, he read something to them in their language. I wouldn't say uh, read. for this, like, uh, well, yeah, but you know, it's like he, he speaks it apparently, which I think. We so also just admit that that he now has the haircut that like a Chinese person thinks every American would have. <laughs> like, can we just talk about the haircut for a sec? Like, because sure. it's in the apology video. Like, I thought this was for a role. Like, but he's had this for a while now, and he looks like just a a a, a an inflated boy. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> Multiple roles, way. dude. He, he's on a tear. Words. This Multiple is what happened words. when he said the word Shazam. Uh, and now this is what we've got. This is what happened when Billy Batson's bully said Shazam. <laughs> well, folks, that was our show. I'm going to be um, on on Twitter. I'm going to be dropping like what, what you guys should be watching next week as far as show and hell and Grimmicks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we got double or nothing on Monday. We got our, if you, if you're a patron, you know, become a patron. I'm going to be at Arnold's park in Iowa doing a gig this Saturday night. Uh, check it out. Also, you know, spread the word about us, man. You know, leave a five-star review, leave a review, talk about us on wrestle forums. It would, it would really help us out. Mike. I would like to pitch Grimmix for next week. All I right. Can. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right. So we are, we're, we're roasting Batista, right? Mm-hmm. And he was Deacon Batista. Yes. I say Reverend Devon or Brother Love. All right. What does that that's else think? interesting. Reverend Devon or Brother Love. All right. Well, that's going to be Grimmicks yeah. next week, guys. Yeah. Um, and you get, uh, I am on uh, Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram. And uh, Roast20 is our man space uh, promo code. Scott. Uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on Instagram and Twitter. Robert. You can follow me on Twitter at WWE creative underscore ISH. And because of our Patreon, I will be live tweeting AEW double or nothing. So I rarely ever tweet AEW. And whenever I do, the internet gets mad at me. So that'll be a lot of fun to read the comments. Yeah, we're going to lose all our fucking audience now <laughs> with you tweeting that event. You're just going to make people so angry. It's going to be an all pro QT Marshall tweetathon. <laughs> How about this? Instead of instead of Brother Love and Reverend Devon, Reverend Devon or God from the 2006 Reverend Devon or God <laughs> or God from the 2006 uh, Backlash pay per view. <laughs> and Zach, wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>